grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I promise. Two words you've likely heard many a times in your life. Maybe as a child you heard your mom or your dad say, I promise I'll give you a cookie if you please just finish your peas. Or maybe as a wife you've heard your husband say, I promise I'll get to those chores on the honey to-do list just after a while here. Or maybe a parent, you hear your child say, I promise I'll take the trash out for the next two months if I could please just get the car for this weekend. And I'm sure you could fill in your many, many own stories of how you've heard or maybe even told people what you would promise to do. But today as we reflect on Scripture, God's word for us, we get to hear about God's promises. And the scripture reading for our meditation this morning is from our Old Testament lesson, the prophet of Jeremiah. And in that lesson, we hear about how God has made two promises with his people, the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Now, the Old Covenant, that can be found in the book of Exodus. But truthfully, it's found in about four chapters of Exodus that many of us are tempted to skip right over. Because it's four chapters of what just seems to be law after law after law. But there's actually so much more to it. The Old Covenant is found beginning in chapter 20 of Exodus with the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments that God gave to Moses on the top of Mount Sinai to then give to his people. But there's more. The Old Covenant also consisted of what was called the Book of the Covenant. And that's covered in the next about three and a half chapters there following the Ten Commandments. And if we are to very, in a generalized, simple way, put it all together, the the book of the covenant could be broken down into five different kinds of laws. How to encounter God. Laws about social justice and social issues. Laws about morality. Laws then about the feasts, festivals, and Sabbath days. And laws about how the people would enter into the promised land. A lot of laws, and specific laws at that. But these were the laws, this was the covenant that God gave to his people. See, there's a key word there too. These were the co- this was the covenant that God gave to his people. This covenant was only given to the chosen nation of Israel, only the physical descendants of Israel. So if you weren't a part of that nation, you were left out. It was only for God's chosen race. So the other pagan nations, the Gentile nations, those other four nations, they were not included in this covenant. But God didn't just give this covenant to his people to make their lives more difficult. But he did give this covenant to his people with an expectation. And the expectation was obedience. And not just a mediocre, maybe passing grade, you know, 70% or above of obedience. The expectation was perfect obedience, 100% perfect obedience. God expected them to keep every single law and command, to keep all the laws about social justice with their brothers and sisters, to keep all the laws about morality, keep all the laws of the festivals, feasts, and Sabbath days, and everything else included. He expected perfect obedience. And as a result of their perfect obedience, then they would receive God's blessing. 
As a result of them keeping all the laws about social justice and morality and feasts and festivals and on and on, then they would receive God's blessing, his blessing and favor. Sounds like a pretty tall order, doesn't it? As many of you already know, or as many of you could guess, the people were not able to keep it at all. They, were, they came nowhere close than, to having perfect obedience. In fact, they practically disobeyed God's covenant, breaking his covenant before it was even written in stone for them. As Moses was up on top of Mount Sinai, there they were below, pooling together their resources, their gold, to make an idol. This golden calf that they would worship because they thought their God wasn't with them. But that was just the beginning of their disobedience. Because their disobedience went on and on and on. Which is why so much of the prophet Jeremiah's words are actually words of harsh condemnation. Because other than chapters 31, as we read here today, through about chapter 34, so much of Jeremiah is actually words of harsh condemnation against the people. Because of their disobedience to God. So listen to these words from chapter 7 of Jeremiah. From the day that your fathers came out of the land of Egypt to this day, I have persistently sent all my servants and the prophets to them, day after day. Yet they did not listen to me or incline their ear, but stiffened their neck. They did worse than their fathers. Persistently, day after day, God sent his prophets to the people, and yet they stiffened their necks and did not listen. But we must not become arrogant in our assessment of this Old Testament people. We must not look at this Old Testament people and think that we are any better. Because we couldn't have kept the covenant as it was given to them. We can't even keep the laws and commands that God gives us today. Far too fast we jump to our own selfish desires quicker than we can imagine. Which on a little more lighthearted note, it makes me think of something that I see just about every single Wednesday during Lent. As during Lent we go next door, we have our Lenten dinners in our gym. Just about every single week there's at least some child, usually a boy, who stands there right before the bleachers and he looks over at mom and says, Mom, can I climb up the bleachers please? Of course she says no. But before she can even turn her head away, he's halfway up those bleachers already. And then there's us who aren't necessarily kids anymore. We too who come here for worship and not even before we've left the parking lot, our hearts sometimes are filled with anger already. Or before we even get home, our mouths are filled with words of anger and hatred towards others. Or before we've even gotten home and we're having a Sunday brunch after worship, our eyes are looking at things or thinking about things that they shouldn't. We too are disobedient. But there is good news today. Because as I said before, chapter 31 of Jeremiah's prophecy is this gospel light of hope amid so many words of harsh condemnation. So listen again to verse 31 from our reading. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. And this new covenant, this new promise that God makes, this new covenant is a fulfillment of the old covenant. 
So the old covenant wasn't worthless. It wasn't pointless. It wasn't God just going off in his own way with his own desires, but it was waiting fulfillment. The old covenant was awaiting the fulfillment of perfect obedience. And that perfect obedience has come. It has come in the only one true man and true God who could do so. In Jesus Christ himself. Jesus Christ, who came unto this world to give his life as the perfect obedience, fulfilling all the laws and commands of God. Perfect obedience so far so that he went all the way to the cross and to the tomb. And as our reading from Hebrews today also says, Jesus Christ is our great high priest, the great high priest who offered the once and for all perfect, all-fulfilling sacrifice. And so, even better than that is that this new covenant that Jesus Christ was fulfilled, it's for all people. It's not just for the Jews, not just for the, the physical descendants of Israel, but for all people, the Jews and the Gentiles, for men and women, for young and for old, for every single one of you. And it comes to you and to all the people in this world in a way that we can't even fully understand. Because as it also says in our scripture reading today, the law of God is written on our hearts. It is given to us with the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, so that we can receive what God has to give. Did you notice that? Did you notice how I said this new covenant is so that we can receive it? Because this new covenant isn't demanding something from us. It isn't expecting something from us. Rather, it gives. It offers freely and graciously it offers to you the forgiveness of God. As it says in God's covenant, as he promised today, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. And those words in Hebrew that are used for forgive and remember, they imply an ongoing nature. Not that God's forgiveness is insufficient, like it has to be done over and over again. No, but because we need it and because we get to receive it every single day. Because you receive his forgiveness, you have hope. Hope amid the struggle with sin in this world. Hope amid the suffering that we experience in this sin-ridden world. And hope amid our own inadequacy. So as you hear those words, I promise. I want you to always remember the promises that God makes to you. Because God's promises are fulfilled. God's promises for you are unconditional. And God's promise for you gives you hope. Amen. And now may the peace of God which passes all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. And please stand as we join our hearts together in song.
may be seated, and we continue our worship with the gathering of our tithes and offerings. <laughs> 